global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Cameron Moscow. This update, the Bloomberg Futures Report, brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts at low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. U.S. stock index futures are falling after disappointing payroll gains raise concerns that growth is fading. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down about 10 points. Dow E-mini futures down 71. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 21. The DAX in Germany is down 9 tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury up 27.30 seconds. The yield 1.70 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.76 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 4 tenths percent or 19 cents to 48 a barrel. Comex gold up two and a half percent or thirty dollars to twelve forty two ninety an ounce. The euro a dollar thirteen thirty. The yen one oh seven point one five. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. What has become normal coverage of a jobs report has become special coverage. We just heard from Jim Glassman, Bill Gross, Alan Kruger. Professor Blanche Flower from Dartmouth. Mike, I'm going to let you bring in our next guest. But the backdrop uh, is a German yield breaking down to new lows. We're not to record lows yet on the German 10-year, but 0.068. In the yen, we may see a 106 handle on yen. Stronger yen, 107.12. We've got a guest, Mike, who got it right. Steve Stanley has been arguing for a long time that the Fed is behind the curve and should be raising rates and uh, certainly thought going into today's number that maybe it would be an excuse for them to do so in June, if not July. Uh, Steve, are you still sticking to that? How do you, as a as a rate rise partisan, explain this and, and what the Fed should do in reaction? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it, it becomes very difficult for this Fed to move in June. They've, they've been so cautious and uh, skittish over the last few years that it's hard to imagine that they would move um, in June on the back of this number. So, yeah, I'm having to retreat a little bit. I I still think, you know, I, I think these numbers are so out of character with all the other data that, that I, I look at them pretty suspiciously, and I think we'll get back to more um, a, a more healthy trend going forward. So I, I think they could still go in July if, if the numbers cooperate, if, you know, Brexit doesn't end the world and um, things continue to progress the way that they seem to be until 830 this morning. But what's the need to raise rates? Well, the so the economy is, uh, is certainly um, getting tighter. Uh, we're pretty close to full employment and even notwithstanding, I mean, it's hard to, hard to really say what the, these numbers do relative to that because um, while the payroll numbers were soft, you had the unemployment rate falling quite a bit. Um, it, it, wages have certainly begun to tick up, and I think that that's something they've been hoping to see. Inflation has moved up a little bit, and I think will continue mm-hmm. to creep higher going forward. So all the things that they wanted to see, um, for the most part, have been happening, or at least uh, right. until today's numbers. So, I mean, that's the reason. And, and of course, rates are incredible, incredibly low. Policy still incredibly easy. Um, you know, kind of in crisis mode, even though the economy is, is years removed from that sort of a, an environment. We welcome all of you nationwide on America's Jobs Report, a stunning report today. We mentioned BNP Paribas earlier. They stick to no rate hikes this year. Uh, with Steve Stanley, Michael McKee, as Drew Mattis of UBS, he and uh, Maury Harris reiterate uh, they, they are unlikely to be dissuaded from two rate hikes this year. That from UBS. Michael? 
Uh, Steve, do you have an explanation? Looking, now you've had a chance to look through the numbers now for why the number was so weak. Uh, obviously, thirty-seven thousand tra- uh, 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 telecommunications workers off the job, but the rest of the numbers were, were exceedingly weak as well. Yeah, I think the, the the payroll numbers were kind of weak across. Well, not kind of; they were very weak across the board, and that is pretty hard to explain. Um, you know, and certainly not consistent with with what we're hearing in the economy generally. I think the the household survey numbers are probably a little easier to explain, in that I, you get a lot of volatility around the turn of the school year. And my guess is that the you know the actual flows this year didn't quite line up with what the seasonals were assuming. So you know perhaps students were a little later uh, getting into the into the workforce this year, for example, and that might help to explain why the labor force contracted on a seasonally adjusted basis the way that it did. So, you know, I think the, the, the drop in the unemployment rate is probably something that we can explain pretty easily. But, boy, these payroll numbers are really very different than than what you would have imagined, given everything that we know about the various sectors of the economy right now. Well, Danny Blanchflower uh, was just on with us saying it basically it just shows that the economy is slowing down. Uh, the global slowdown has hit the United States. Well, I, I think that's just dead wrong. I mean, um, you know, the economy is very steady. Um, we, we had a slow first quarter, but uh, the numbers are pointing toward a, a pretty nice rebound in the, in the second quarter. Um, and certainly, you know, if you if you were to point to one or two sectors that were um, moving in a softer direction and the payroll numbers were consistent with that, that would be one thing. But when you see weakness across the board at a time when um, when the other data just aren't supportive mm-hmm. of that, I, I think that's, you know, kind of jumping to a premature conclusion. Steve, before I let you go, your arch call pushing two years ago was the optimists were flat out wrong on real and nominal GDP. You absolutely nailed that call. Do you see a, a resurgence that gets us somewhere towards a better economic growth? Well, I, no, I mean, I, I really think it's more the same on growth. But what we're learning as the labor markets have tightened, and again, today's numbers a little bit out of character with everything else that we've seen, is, you know, you get um, 2 to 2.5% growth over, call it, five years, and all of a sudden we wake up one day and the labor markets are tight which no one would have imagined coming into this expansion. We thought it was going to take three, four, maybe even more uh, percent growth um, to get there. So I think we're at a point now where uh, if we do, in fact, see slowdowns in payrolls going forward, I think it's more likely because labor markets have gotten tight and it's just hard to find workers than, than because we've seen a dramatic softening yeah. in demand. On short notice, Stephen Stanley, greatly appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, reading your research note from Amherst Pierpont. Of course, Bob Sinch, his colleague, uh, no doubt will have perspective on real jolts. Uh, Sterling was stronger, gives it up, still strong for the day, but uh, a shift there. Yen 107.29, uh, a big strong move in yen. Dollar weaker, as you would expect. Off the report, Mexican peso was much weaker and actually reversed and got a, a, a breath here of strength on a dollar Mexico. Interesting when you well. uh, when you look at the reaction to the bond market, the reaction in the equity futures market, yeah, not that strong. Yeah, you think negative twenty or negative twenty five on futures? That's not the case. Negative nine. The VIX fourteen point zero four. We do need to get the markets open and then further conversation perspective. On the American economy, Bloomberg Surveillance. 
We are counting down to the opening bell, brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. 